0: Hey, you're listening to Samcast with me, Sam Eagle. Here you'll hear the stories, methods and thoughts of some of my favorite musicians from all across the musical spectrum. In this episode, we're discussing songwriting and I'm joined by my friend Sven Hirsch. Sven is a producer and songwriter based in Berlin and we met after he worked on a beat that I made in one of my Samcam streams. He's a super interesting guy and it was great to discuss our ideas on songwriting. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Samcast with our guest, Sven Hirsch. We've got Sven Hirsch with us on Samcast today. Hello Sven. Hey Sam. Sven and I e-met yesterday. He reached out to me after seeing some of my streams and got the stems from one of them from me, made a song out of it, sent it back. It was amazing. So we linked up, had an amazing chat yesterday. Um, We both had some cool thoughts, similar thoughts um, about songwriting, but, um, yeah, before we recorded this, we've we've tried this twice and the software I was recording on crashed twice. But Sven started saying something quite interesting about Sven speaks German and English about how German you don't write in in German as much as English, Sven. Should we should we carry on that conversation? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah when on. When when did you sort of start writing in English compared to German?
1: Ah, good question. Um yeah, I still remember that was giving me a hard time because you can sometimes probably still hear it these days. Like the the TH to like regular S like is giving me a hard time sometimes because as a kid I had this like lisp for like a little while when I was very young. Right. I still remember like, I don't know, I had this like, like second like awakening moment, I don't know, where, where I just suddenly switched in a way and started watching a lot of shit in English and was like... Okay, you gotta get really good at this language. Yeah. But yeah, most probably because I was listening to music and that's interesting. My my dad, who's like a he's like a high fidelity audio nerd, but he never played anything. So he's not creative, but he's got like his stereo system is another man's like middle class car and it's got a separate <laughs> power circuit in the house. But so he's listening to all this like full blown proc rock music. A
0: separate what? power circuit.
1: It, it has a separate power circuit, so there's no <laughs> interference. <laughs> like, yeah, a, a meter of cable costs like 800 bucks, and I mean, he's like a, a, a like we're like a working class like family, you know. So it's it's really like crazy. <laughs> it's really a bit crazy. But what got me is like he never learned the language, you know. So he listens to all this proc rock, but he he doesn't understand the lyrics at all. Like for him, it's just like pure. I don't know, that didn't work for me because I did love writing and songwriting was my way into music. And Mm. yeah, so like when I was around 17, 18, I'm 30 now, I was just consuming everything that's possible in English and re-watching old movies. I think that was was kind of the the start of it trying to lose like the the phony ass accent all right i mean it's so tricky right growing up in, in germany they kind of forced me to learn british english in school but then almost everything i loved came from america right then, like losing this like fake british <laughs> accent that they taught you in school and replacing it with a fake american accent <laughs> 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 it took a few years man
0: that's that's cool though how it's how the how your music has been influenced by that and you have been influenced as a person by music it's like a big triangle of language music and you, <laughs> yeah, you yeah we had that yesterday thinking that. in shapes right yeah exactly exactly yeah.
1: that's what i find interesting that, that sam like he, he like we were getting into chords and like i was trying to describe this one uh, chord which i probably ripped off like radiohead and then you, yeah i think you described it as a triangle chord that's yeah. also great a great sign of lateral thinking already <laughs> for for songwriting yeah i mean in a way like the, the important ability is to think in utter abstractions i guess right
0: no i definitely agree
1: um what kind of what kind of journey like did you make like lyric wise even from your first releases until now for example what would you say like is, is the major change
0: i'd say for, I'm the other way around. So you you started with lyrics and literature first, right? Before music. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Before before this crash, like I said, like I'm 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 not a a frontman type of dude. You know, like I, I'm I'm very shy about my singing. I can only sing at bedroom volume. So I'm for recording, it's cool. For backings, it's very cool. But I'm not the guy who's in the studio and everybody shuts up. You know, and with other singers, you have that they they get on the mic and everybody's mesmerized and
0: yeah. I'm. I'm like. So you uh, were that fucker, huh? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I, I was. I was like you. Oh. Um, ah. At the start, I, I would always be an instrumentalist and kind of write instrumental music before getting into like lyric and and songwriting. I just kind of started singing out of just like for like I was kind of forced to because there just wasn't anyone else who wanted to do it really in like yeah, bands. That I was in. Um, I think that's the case with a lot of people. Yeah, did
1: you try writing for other people before? Because my first band in, in in school days, when I was fifteen or so, like I was always writing. And yeah, Osternger, and he's someone like he later became like a, a, a he's doing music um, music education in a way now, and uh, it's it's very interesting music theory uh, therapy. I mean, and oh cool, um, yeah, and. W- Today we can still collaborate like that. It's re- it's really funny, but I remember it being quite like frustrating having this idea of something that you can't execute, and then you try mm. to have someone else like convey your emotion f- for other people to hear. It's it's just too indirect.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. Something I was thinking about yesterday after our call. You say you want to go into music education, and yeah, your friend does music therapy. Yeah, thinking about how. If if you were teaching music, how that would kind of influence your own music as a creative? Like, if you were teaching music to someone, would your own music become simpler or more straightforward, or would it become um, more wonky, more wonky, sure. or or more down a specific style? Or Go if you're course. doing music therapy, like, do you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, he probably he has a, he has to have a complete different access to it, right? To, mm. to yeah. Yeah, or well, it serves a different purpose in that way, but yeah, I'm really curious about it too how that would change it because yeah, so far I haven't really tried that, but I guess I mean music education is a good question because like what's your task as a as a teacher in mm. that in that setting? My second subject in uni was educational science, so I've been dealing with that a bunch and um I think the most important thing and yeah, songwriters usually have an overabundance of it is (laughs) intrinsic motivation. So like, yeah, who are you to like impose on these kids, like what style of music they should like explore now, right? Like, yeah, probably a good teacher would ask around and then try to get into whatever they're doing. There's this funny story of Questlove of the Roots DJing at the, at the White House, like Obama's party. And like, no way I he's, he's trying that. to play all these classics and then obama comes and he's like yeah but something for the kids so he's like he has to go he has to like google soundcloud <laughs> on his phone and play these <laughs> uh, this super like not politically correct music just because the kids want it you know and yeah i mean like they have they have a mind of their own really they probably want to listen to stuff that's got like explicit lyrics sometimes and like it's not really suited for them like from your perspective but yeah i don't know
0: um yeah, I didn't even answer your question, I'm sorry. Um,
1: yeah, how how your songwriting like changed maybe from over time like from one record to the other?
0: Yeah, starting off instrumentally. Personally, I think it, like good songwriting, the music has as much to do with the s- like songwriting aspect of it as the lyric and melody yeah. content. So, I, yeah, I started off with instrumental stuff and then started singing. But in terms of style, I've always kind of done that stream of consciousness, kind of not really thinking about lyrics too much at all and just trying to get into that kind of zone where you're just completely in the song and like completely lost in that moment. Yeah, which
1: is which is important. Like that's my favorite thing, like music philosophy. Like what what do you tend to like think about or how do you put yourself into this headspace? I had some like crazy moments where like, what I like to do, for example, is just put like, a video of someone walking in the rain through, like I don't know, um, Boston or something. Like I put mm-hmm. it on a on the TV on mute and just play and look like at the video, trying to kind of zone out and not think about like hitting That's notes re- or what I'm doing there. Yeah, and that usually helps like a bunch with the with the feeling. And I don't know, like I had the weirdest w- when it goes perfectly fine, when it goes right. Then uh, it's almost like daydreaming. Like I found myself like snow shoveling, like I'm a little kid snow shoveling somewhere in like Alaska or something and I, I was never there. You know, it's like it's it's nothing I saw somewhere, it's just like a I don't know, like like yeah, like a like a daydream kind of.
0: That's really cool. So you like try and focus on something else to sort of take your your mind off away from the music.
1: Yeah, or even try to put myself very deeply into the lyrics like when i'm singing to someone or it's about something specific like really just focusing on that while singing or like almost like like you're singing it to that person in the moment Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because i get you like what you're trying to do is to get a feeling across
0: when when people stay relevant over decades of songwriting and have such a fixed style do you think it is that philosophy behind their songwriting or do you think it's down to the thick style
1: a uh, good good question um one of my favorite bands like a very big influence is this band called the american analog set an american analog set where this super mellow like bedroom rock band you know and i don't know it's very interesting because they had this whole philosophy about being very calm and very repetitive like the guy once got asked like i think he didn't like break a string in 9 years or 12 years or some super long time what yeah and then someone asked him like what's the deal about that he was kind of just saying yeah when everybody tries to be louder and more aggressive the most punk thing you can do is to be quiet and repetitive for example and I mean this band to me is so special and they made a lot of great uh, songs and actually yeah they had this kind of formula you know it was these bedroom drums played with these like brooms or whatever you use these uh, rods And his voice, he also said, like, he always sings in, like, the same, like, he has this very limited range and only sings in these keys or something. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's kind of a formula to it, but that formula really does the trick for me. Yeah. But then again, they, they weren't along for so long. I'm trying to think of, like, yeah, Spoon is another classic, like, rock outfit that stayed super interesting, and every record is kind of, like... Super unique, but then again, the style doesn't change at all. You know, it's Mm. always like this guy, he's got this very clear style of playing guitar or writing songs. Mm. But it stays relevant. Probably it's more like the the thought material, like weapons great thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Impactful shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I guess if someone has a style and a philosophy to try and do something so unique that there isn't really anything to kind of pinpoint it to, it's kind of timeless, isn't it?
1: Mm. I mean, like for me, a good um, question about songwriting uh, would be, is there any intersection of creativity and technology in, involved in your in your songwriting? Because I found myself doing that. For example, now we have the luxury of having like lexicons of, of rhymes, you know, so you have like rhyme zone dot something where, oh, you yeah. can, where you can enter a word and you get all the rhyme words. And as a non-native speaker, at one point, I think that was a huge help, just uh but even 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 if you really know your way about uh, around the language, sometimes it's really cool that you can just knock out a list of possibilities, and then it's like, oh, these twenty words could rhyme with this one, mm. and yeah, like maybe you get some ideas that you wouldn't have had without that. Like I, I really like that. Like not, I I don't know. Like I never I never was too much into gimmicks, like art school tricks where you're like, oh, take the blah 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 random number and then take this page of the last book you read yeah just, no i don't know that, that's a bit weird to me but this like yeah the, the the cyborg style of songwriting like yeah using using the internet to help you
0: people are always suggesting to do those things like choosing random things out of a hat or <laughs> opening like a random page and... i don't even
1: own a head at this point <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no I'm i'm like you i'm never really into that but technology wise I remember seeing a, a David Byrne interview about this, and he was saying oh, you shouldn't shouldn't rely on it too much. Ah,
1: but that's interesting because he hangs out with Brian Eno, who yeah, kind true. of like invented generative music, right? Yeah. Like what he's doing is setting a bunch of parameters, mm. letting the computer play music for him. He, he's like reading the paper, or, like having having a tea, and, and so like his his body is like <laughs> on the on the on the yeah on the opposite path 100%
0: of. for me technology has completely changed is i'm kind of completely dependent on that with my songwriting because i don't really write on one instrument i build a load of layers and stuff yeah same here. i f- i feel like a lot of people do that
1: susan rogers uh, prince audio engineer she said that she's at berkeley these days and like dealing with music on like a cognitive and like super scientific level And, like, she just had this, like, opinion or this thought in one of her interviews or lectures where she was like, yeah, I think, like, the the musicians of tomorrow, they will, their thing is going to be sound design and, like, all these new ways of, like, yeah, taking a guitar and putting it into space. Like, yeah, using technology to alter sounds, not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but, yeah, using the technology to change it and make a more modern version of it. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we're doing, right?
0: Yeah, I think you see that more and more for sure in, like, I've kind of been noticing, like, people are putting a lot more emphasis in albums and, and things on, like, the sonics and less so on the actual songwriting. But whether that is, like, becoming, whether that's even relevant, like, whether the, the sort of more classic songwriting, inverted commas, like, aspect of it is even even matters anymore. I don't want to sound like such an old man, but I feel like a lot, a, a lot of I don't hear <laughs> a lot of people like valuing it as much, uh,
1: like a, uh, preserving a vintage mindset, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I feel like just the emphasis is is not enough on like the catchiness of like a song. Kind of all all I see is like good songwriting is just it's like equal parts catchy, equal parts.
1: Weird. Okay. Speaking about this, this modern songwriting. What are some of your more um, um, of your more vintage influences? Like, what what kind of like books have you read, or what kind of art do you like? I saw this Paul Klee book yesterday, for example, which for me is like deep cuts shit. That was very funny. Like he yeah, was doing a studio tour with a camera, and I have this little book of like Paul Klee, I think he's a German painter, right? And uh, I had this little book of his illustrations, and uh, saw the same book or, or like a, a book from the same guy in Sam's rack there. Mm. And I mean, those influences, like th- sometimes probably that's even more interesting than other music that influenced you. To me,
0: yeah, I I don't know, I've I've kind of thought about this before, like Paul Klee and stuff. It's it's very much about like shapes, isn't it? Yeah, and as as you both you and I write music because we don't know like chord names and stuff we both see it very visually in like chord shapes as opposed to chord names yeah i think visual artists that's def that definitely translates into music in terms of making music with lots of colors and lots of textures and things um yeah
1: i would i would say for example your your ep covers really match the music in a way they're like also like shapey yeah artworks right
0: yeah I guess um my sister is a uh, an artist and she's she's got a very similar like style and she would always introduce me to music very early on. Um, oh, that's
1: cool. That's a that's a close to home influence. That's great to hear. Yeah,
0: very close to home. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know, man, like other visual artists though. I always say he's my favourite painter, but I can never remember his name. <laughs> he did a lot of he's he's kinda local to me. His
1: I don't know if that speaks for his paintings or against <laughs> them. You know, maybe no, it's, they're it's so
0: overwhelming that
1: you don't even care for them. <laughs>
0: <people anymore. laughs> Paul Nash. That's ah. his name. Paul you Nash. It, you heard
1: it here first.
0: Yeah. Paul yeah. Nash.
1: I'm Googling the fuck out of him right now. Yeah. Ah, check. it's the first picture that comes up. Ah, that's funny. Two word titles. In German, this uh, gray, plain graveyard is called Totes Meer, which is Dead Ocean. But Tortoise Meer, that's a it's Dead Sea in English, right?
0: Ah. Oh, that makes sense. I just love how um how his style changes so much. It always kind of interests me when artists can change their style so so much throughout their career, as so many people do. That seems to be something that not that many musicians do really, I find. Some do, and the Ooh, people that yeah, can. That's,
1: that's an interesting one, yeah. The people like, that do you do you have relevant. a do you, do you have an easy time changing your style? Like you you, you told me even that some of the songs like bassy song like your approach was like hey the the bass is first in like a very Brian Eno lateral thinking concept first way. And I found like I just found my stick in music like I found the I, I, I ripped off all the bands that I liked the guitar sound of, you know, like I I sucked up enough like the Rapture like <laughs> records or Stuff like this to to play this style of guitar, and that's what I gravitate towards. And then it's sometimes it's really hard for me to get out of my head and write like a, I don't know, thirteen eighth like symphony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Find it hard to write a symphony? I I don't think you're alone there, Sven.
1: <laughs> Do you have a, a? Is it easy for you, or does it come natural to you to switch your style or to try something new? Uh, Do you even, I I think you even mentioned that the 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 first thing you did after you got signed was like way different, for example, from what you did before like, even to other people. And, like, I mean, that's surprising to me because I I think there's, like, a very clear... Then again, for me, it was collaborations. Then then you work with people who are soul singers and all of a sudden you do this neo-soul music, although you're, like, a, a 2000s indie dude. And that really happens a lot.
0: And your child, your style changes from influence from other people. Yeah, all yeah, of a sudden, like, you listen
1: to, to stuff that influences them and then you, yeah, like, neo-soul is probably the most passive influence for me of course i care about what like quest from the root says in interviews or something but it's not like i, I listen to a whole lot of d'angelo in my life you know mm. it's like I, I i know like a lot of his songs like that i like from like a certain period like two or three records but it's not like I, i'm a deep cuts neo soul fan you know that mm. they like passively sponge this up
0: yeah no i get you um in terms of changing style i guess I guess it's when you're when you're at the start of your kind of career and you're doing like very small projects, like singles and EPs and stuff, it's kind of it's kinda of like you don't really want to change your style too much. I I try to I try not to change style too much, but just let it sort of naturally develop I guess and change. Uh, for yeah. me
1: that's actually like a like this question is hard because I feel the same as you, but for me it's like I collaborated or, like, I had various bands that, like, crash-landed. And then throughout some years, like, I had these, like, huge changes. Or then you work with this with someone who's, like, a very trained, like, pop singer. And you do something completely different than, like, your weirdo indie roots. Mm. And at some point, it's, it's, like, can I put all this under one roof? Like, can I even, like, mm. could this be, be, like, a different project? But then you have someone like uh, Damon Albarn, like... I mean, what he does with gorillas is like, it's, oh, it's right one moment and it's the next moment and it's like folky. And some people can really like do this because some people can really pull that off, right?
0: They really can. I mean, he writes a lot of um, like theater stuff as well, like musical ah, I didn't even know. soundtracks and things. And then like you say, he's got gorillas and producers for all sorts of people. Yeah, he's a really cool guy from Colchester as well. What? And the same... Uh, yeah, same little, uh, yeah. went to the same sixth form college. Um,
1: yeah, somebody invested some more money into that school. That seems to be the spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that school had them. Um, there's also this, there's actually also, um, there's a guy called Boy from Colchester who also went there. And, mm-hmm. you know, is, he's kind of like, he's, he's kind of, he got really big and he's sort of, I think, had his time now, I guess. But like somehow he's a sample of one of his songs ended up Kendrick track and like no one has a clue how but it's just mad yeah
1: because these people these rap producers they dig man I mean like Dilla for example he was sampling Stereolab which is deep cuts indie shit right yeah how did this record get to Detroit like how did it get to the hands of this these guys who, who who were rapping about like cash weed and women yeah. and it's like yeah somehow, somehow that happened somehow this like f- very French indie record found yeah. its way there and that's cool
0: yeah no that is cool um, what I was gonna say about uh, albums was like I think albums are like because I was talking about small projects like EPs and stuff I think albums will always be relevant just from like an artist's point of view, as it like just splits up someone's career nicely, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's kind of. I don't think albums will ever go away, really. <laughs> that's so irrelevant. <laughs> but I just wanted to. I just wanted to say it. It's
1: a good question. Like formats, I don't know. Like now, with with this like whole lockdown scenario, yeah. I mean, I was complimenting you on the Sam Cam for like having a cool um concept that's not what everybody does i mean you what we saw was a lot of streaming concerts and as you said so beautifully like after five or six that joke is over you know <laughs> like okay we've seen it all and then uh what's next and like with records yeah kind of i mean okay nowadays you have like all the digital distribution and now people stream instead of like even downloading it i mean like my era was like 2000s indie explosion, and there you had you had these blogs who would still like upload rar dot rar files, dot dot zip folders of um, of music. You know, yeah. and you would like hunt it through like in a in a semi legal environment, and all that is not really happening these days, right? And even even with the formats, it's like okay, there's EPs and singles and records. And then some people, like, tried to do super out there shit, like this last Wu-Tang record that was this, like, there was only one, right? And it was, like, it had, like, a whole installation around it and you had to buy it, like, an artwork in this auction for, like, a lot of money. Oh, jeez, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah, but I think, uh, yeah, some some rich, like, farmer, Mogul, like, bought it, I think. And it was, like, it was a very, very weird case. But, I mean...
0: Wait, they made like a whole yeah, yeah, project I, I in single one you, you, you single
1: item it, but I think that they, they, they kind of made this uh, sorry they kind of made this like enclosure for it and like yeah the album is kind of an, an artwork that someone had to bid for and then I think they could decide whether they would release it to the public
0: or not or something wow so, that's crazy so only one existed
1: yeah if I got it correct I mean like yeah that's not really music is for the people right but player, what do you do like do you throw usb sticks around are people even using usb c anymore
0: <laughs> okay sorry to interrupt but i just want to say that annoyingly sven and i were having a load of technical issues whilst recording this after that last sentence we spent ages trying to fix everything but it was such a long time that we couldn't really remember what we were talking about anyway i'll let sven explain <laughs> yeah like okay so what's been
1: going on is that technology has failed us in many ways. And we burned through about three video call options and three sets of recording software to go along with it. And uh, by now, Sam has wired up an audio routing, which is beyond anything that anybody <laughs> has ever seen before.
0: I think it's everything the is the most
1: intricate of, of audio setups. It's the brainiest thing in all of Great Britain. And um, yeah, so <laughs> we probably need to wrap this up at this point. What I would suggest, Sam, is just, yeah, let's, let's try to cut the most coherent version of this conversation possible. Then uh-huh. we just listen back to that and based on a conversation about songwriting, maybe we have another fluent one about production or something, you know. So we just make this a two-parter. Yeah, the I think first one a good is doubt, wonky goodness.
0: I think that's a good <laughs> unexpected
1: doubt. wonky interruptedness.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good idea. for For the sake of of this half, thank you very much for coming on, Sven. Yeah, and sure. Help helping through all the issues that we've had with technology today.
1: Yeah, if this was a record, I would deserve big time. Co-production credits. At this
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys wouldn't have heard everything that went on behind this. I wish everything behind it was being recorded, but then if it was, we wouldn't have had this problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. But uh, if I learned one thing throughout, like my my various musical endeavors, it's that uh, you gotta keep an amateur spirit. That's really important.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely true. That's very very good advice. Thank you, Sven. Sven, how much? That's all the
1: wisdom you will squeeze out of me, buddy. Hey, what's a pleasure talking to you, man.
0: <laughs> you too, man. Thank you very much.
1: Special effects. Next time, we got it all figured out.
0: <laughs> I thought I heard music like fading in. It's <laughs> like, is this is this a live outro? no
1: it's an accidental outro Uh, no pun intended
0: (laughs) (laughs) you've been listening to Samcast with me Sam Eagle and my guest Sven Hirsch if you enjoyed this episode be sure to follow Samcast on your streaming service so you never miss an episode up next we're treated to a truly inspirational chat with legendary South African rapper Eugen Blackrock I've been Sam Ego. Thank you so much for listening.